Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's more of a, a laid-back episode. Uh, we're just going to – it's pretty much just going to be a discussion of the weekend's uh, festivities with the boxing and the MMA card going on. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be here. Happy to just uh, kind of talk about everything going on in combat sports. I know we talk a lot about UFC on here, but when, there, when there's something to talk about elsewhere in combat sports, we want to talk about it, and that's – kind of what we're going to get into here but there's there's plenty of news going on there's fights getting made fights getting called off uh, there this has just been a really big week it feels like in all of combat sports not just ufc not just in mma so uh this seems like a pretty good time to to break all that down definitely so we're just going to skim over a few fights regarding ufc um uh, so gina mazzini great great debut against rachel ostovich i have my opinions on her when it comes to her being in the ufc but she showed out. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, like you said, just a, an outstanding start for her. Third round knockout. Came in as the favorite, but not by a lot. Ostovich was was a plus 160 underdog coming into this. So this was almost even odds. Uh, but like you said, a, a strong start, a strong debut uh, for somebody really kind of trying to get her feet wet in the UFC, still figure out where she stands as far as, you know, where on the, where on the, uh, the hierarchy of that women's flyweight division they can find her. Yeah, for sure. And well, I, I think Gina Mazzi's going to get a solid prospect coming up next. She really showed out with that body kick, and I think Dana White liked that a lot. But let's talk about Ostovich for a second. I don't really know where she belongs. Um, I don't think she, she, she can wrestle, kind of. But when it, in her uh, introduction, they say she's a boxer, but she doesn't show much. And when she punches, it doesn't seem like she has much power behind it. So I, I think a move to Bellator could actually be pretty beneficial for her. What do you have to say? Yeah, she's four and six as a pro. She's lost three in a row. Uh, I mean, two of the, two of those three were Paige Manzant, Montana De La Rosa, which I mean, those aren't bad losses necessarily, but they're not superstars in the game either. And then she loses to Gina Mazzini, who's making her debut. I, I think it would make sense to see her get moved to Bellator or get moved out of the UFC, I should say, cut from the roster, uh, moved to Bellator or somewhere else. She's coming off a USADA suspension, a suspension as well. Uh, that was eight months when she tested positive for Osterine back in January. So that, combined with losing three fights in a row, I have a feeling we're not going to see her around in the UFC much longer. For sure. Uh, to, to more of the main card, we're going to pick and choose a couple fights here. I want to start with the, the first bout of the main card. Jonathan Pierce versus Kai, Kai Kamaka. Uh, Jonathan Pierce looked fantastic in this fight. Uh, you know, he kind of gassed out Kai Kamaka after the first round, and he just took it from there. I was quite impressed by his performance. What do you have to say? Yeah, Pierce looked really good, and he was essentially a two-to-one underdog to this. So uh, you would expect Kai Kamaka to to have won this fight. He was a pretty heavy favorite, but Jonathan Pierce uh, just came out, and in terms of volume, dominated him. Uh, was a little bit more even in terms of significant strikes, uh, but when you're coming down to it, 
uh, Pierce was more dominant, was, just filled everything up as he went along through the first couple of rounds. And then you got really towards the end of that second round, and he knew when to finish, and he took care of Kai Kamaka. These were two really athletic, really entertaining guys with some power, and Pierce was able to come out on top, I think largely because of the volume he was able to bring early in that fight. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't agree with you more. The volume really set him apart in this one. Um, so to another matchup, uh, Parker Porter versus Josh Friesen. I wasn't too keen on Parker Porter coming to this because he lost in the contender series a few, uh, a couple months ago. And he did fight John Jones. He was one of John Jones' first six wins, fun fact. But when we talk about Parker Porter, he had the output in this fight. I think this, was, this held the record for, like the, uh, for three rounds for most six, uh, significant strikes landed in a heavyweight fight. So th- there, was, there was some good stuff coming out of this fight. What were your thoughts on this one? I mean, these were let's, – let's say what this was. This was just two beefy dudes going <laughs> out there and throwing hands at each other until one of them fell down. And it just turned out that none of them fell down and it went to a decision. But you look at the numbers between these two guys, and like you said, record setting in terms of significant strikes for heavyweights, 126 for Parker Porter, 114 for Josh Parisian. That that comes out in total to, if my quick math is correct, 240 total significant strikes landed in this fight, which is absolutely ridiculous. Both of them landing over 100 significant strikes, as I said, Porter with 164 total, 123 for Parisian. This was this fight was ridiculous on a lot of levels. Like honestly, it looked like you know you were watching a couple like 35 year old dads just swing at each other at like a kid's birthday party or something. Uh, but <laughs> these two guys went at it and they ended up setting records for the UFC heavyweight division, which is really interesting. Yeah, so uh, good on them. I hope. I hope. I hope they got some type of bonus each for that record-setting performance, but uh, we haven't heard anything. All right, to the co-main event, Miguel Baeza versus Takashi Sato. Baeza really just controlled the fight through and through. There's really nothing much else to say here besides that. Uh, had one takedown, and then he just pretty much finished the fight with his triangle. There's not too much to talk about here, except a very impressive performance by Carmel Thunder. Yeah, it was a very solid performance, like you said. Very clean, very clinical, get in, get out, and finish Takashi Sato when he had the opportunity. These guys were both very efficient. Sato only landed 15 strikes, but all of them were significant. And then Baeza landed 40 – or, excuse me, landed 43, and 40 of them were significant. So these were two guys that were throwing some pretty heavy shots at each other. It was just Baeza knew when to get it done. Definitely. And then, you know, these two guys are young. I'm sure they'll get some – I'm sure they'll see their way back with regarding Sato and regarding uh, Baeza. He'll get a nice opponent, but this was nice to see Anthony Smith back in the win column. I, I was very happy to see this. He landed only four strikes in total fight, but that's all he needed. He got his one takedown. He just worked and got that triangle choke finish. Uh, you could, I don't think Anthony Smith can be more pleased than what he, what he is to be honest. I mean, back in the win column after two losses, what, what, what do you have to say about this one? Yeah, this fight was Anthony Smith doing Anthony Smith things. Uh, like you said, uh, one takedown and, and just kind of grinded it out from there. Uh, Devin Clark landed 27 strikes, which in two and a half minutes against Anthony Smith is pretty freaking good, especially since he was on his back or flattened down on his stomach most of the time. But Anthony Smith 
like I said, he did Anthony Smith things. He did exactly what he needed to win in this fight. He got back on track. And obviously his attitude coming out of this fight, much better than what we've seen from him in recent weeks and recent months, really. I think this could potentially, with it being such an emphatic win and such an emotional win, really get him back on track towards the contendership. It looked like he was starting to get into the market for. Definitely. Uh, we could, I think it'll be a little while till his next fight, in my opinion, because the, the top of the heavyweight division is kind of matched up, all, light heavyweight rather, is kind of matched up already. So I think he has to wait and see what, what's, uh, what transpires in the next few months. What do you have to say about that? necessarily got a clear next opponent based on what's going on in that division uh you kind of cut out there who'd you say it's next for him or do you agree with me i agreed with you essentially that uh for for what they need out of him there's not really a clear next opponent which not to say that they're going to put him on the back burner but he's probably going to have to wait to figure out what he's got up next definitely all right so to boxing um (laughs) This that was it was an interesting night to say the least. I think, um, you know, uh, we're gonna talk about uh, Tyson Jones in a minute, but Nate Robinson looked like he died out there. I thought uh, it looked like he was he was flat on the canvas. Jeez, I wasn't expecting that from Jake Paul. What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, that fight was uh, something to to say the least is how I'll put it. Um, Nate Robinson, world-class athlete, played in the NBA, played college football in addition to uh, in addition to playing college basketball at Washington. Uh, but I'll give Jake Paul credit. I, I don't necessarily like the way he operates as a person or in business, but he went out there against a world-class athlete and flattened him. So he's obviously uh, he's obviously got some natural ability. He's obviously been trained very well. So. More power to him. If he continues to pursue boxing, I could see him have some success. I'm not necessarily sure uh, that the people he's calling out uh, are going to, one, want to fight him, or two, if they do, have any sort of mercy when it comes to beating him senseless. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Jake Paul has a, has a natural talent, it seems like, for boxing. Uh, he showed that, and it looks like he's been trained very well in addition. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about whom uh, Jake Paul called out in a minute, but I don't think Nate Robinson should ever put on boxing mitts again. I, I think it's, it's in his best interest to stay out of the boxing ring. Um, I mean, if he needs a payday, I guess, but I, I, he might get killed out there. <laughs> I, think there was a, I think there was a disconnect in what this, what this fight was supposed to be because I think Nate Robinson came into this seeing it really as more of an exhibition, really as more of a white-collar type fight whereas Jake Paul trained like a professional for this. That was very obvious in his mentality and very obvious in the way that he operated inside the ring, which obviously did not bode well for Nate Robinson because he got absolutely flat. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's talk about whom Jake Paul uh, called out. Um, I'm going to pull up whom he said on Instagram because he had an Instagram post about it. Um. Uh, his list is concerning. I fear for his health if uh, any of this happens, for the most part. Let, let's start with the first one. Uh, Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor. I hope this happens so Jake Paul gets flatlined. That, that's, I just want to see that. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? You don't like – no one likes the guy. Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, that, if that fight happens, 
I will just be entertained because it will involve Jake Paul getting knocked cold within like 45 seconds because Conor McGregor's trained his entire life for this and Jake Paul has two professional fights, one of which was against a former basketball player. But yeah, I think there's certainly a scenario in which uh, I don't, I, I don't want to say there's certainly a scenario in which that happens, but it would make a ton of money and we know the things that draw Conor McGregor into fights and money is one of the biggest ones. I mean, that's a, that's an easy couple million dollars for Conor McGregor. And I don't think he even trained. I think he just show up that day and just do his thing. He doesn't have to, he's that good. But anyway, uh, the next one, uh, Jake Paul versus KSI, this is most likely to happen. They've been beefing for years. You know, KSI about a year and a month ago, 13 months ago, uh, KSI beat Logan Paul. Um, yeah. I don't think there's much to talk about here. I think this is what's next, I guess. Uh, I think that could certainly happen. And uh, I think uh, the further we go into this, I think we it would be a professional fight because the second uh, KSI Logan Paul fight was, was professional. And Jake Paul, it looks like, wants to continue fighting as a professional. So I think that's something we could certainly see happen. And I think it would be, uh, be pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he said, versus brother Logan, that's not likely. They're two completely different weight classes. They're Logan Paul's a big dude, and yeah, he's not small. And then I, I think Logan should pursue MMA. To be honest, he was he was a D one wrestler at Ohio University, so I he could honestly do something. I I genuinely think he could do something in MMA. So I think that's who he should call out next. That's what Logan Paul should do. But on to uh, the next one, uh, Dylan Dennis. Uh, <laughs> If you don't know who Dylan Danis is, that's Conor McGregor's grappling partner, one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu players in the world, uh, nine-time world champion, if I'm not mistaken. But when we talk about – see, I think Paul has a chance here, but I think Dylan Danis has been a combat sports athlete his whole life. I don't think he's let it happen. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Dylan Danis, regardless of what you want to say about his ability to box – I don't know. Daniel Cormier said Jake Paul would beat up Dylan Dennis. But, again, you're looking at a guy that's been a professional for the large of his life in, in Dylan Dennis taking on Jake Paul, who's got two professional fights under his belt, one of which was against a YouTuber and the other of which was against a former professional basketball player who's five foot seven. So it, it, just, it just doesn't match up for me. Like I said, Jake Paul's got natural ability and he's been trained very well. But I'm not ready to say that he can take on established combat sports athletes and not get absolutely dominated. Yeah, uh, but I will say this: you know, Dylan Dance definitely isn't a boxer, but I think not by any means. But not by any means. But I think Jake Paul's. I will say this: Jake Paul's natural power is nuts. I mean, he knocked down Nate Robinson well three times. The last one was a knockout, and. He, the ref honestly should have stopped it after the first one because he really didn't get up within 10 seconds of that first no. knockdown. So, uh, yeah, I, his power's nuts. I will give him that. But, and then the last one, I would pay good money to watch this happen. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. I, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up my wallet for this one. I, will, I would pay really good money to see this fight because I think I, Ben Askren wants it. He, <laughs> what, do, what are your thoughts on this? I'd love to see that happen. We've gotten reports that Ben Askren, after having that hip surgery, is kind of, uh, uh, I wouldn't say ready to be back into into MMA and into 
uh, and into combat sports, but uh, the reports have been he's starting to warm up to it again, which I think that would be really interesting. And Ben Askren is obviously one of the most entertaining guys in combat sports. And then you've got somebody with a personality like Jake Paul. I'd love to see it. Well, here's the thing. Um, ben Askren, uh, Jake Paul caught him out. Ben Askren's like, I'm a world-class athlete. You're not. But I, people are like, oh, Ben Askren wrestles. But let's be honest here. He's never had to use anything besides his wrestling in his whole career. So we, I don't, we don't know what his striking is like, really. I think yeah. if he put in the work, I think he'd beat Jake Paul handily. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I don't know. I want to see Jake. Jake Paul was a state qualifier in Ohio for wrestling, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd like to see him wrestle. And, I mean, Ben Ashton, just, he's the Habib of the welterweight division. People don't realize how good he was <laughs> before – the UFC because he wasn't he wasn't brought in his prime so I don't know I'm just rambling but anyway let's let's talk about the main event of the evening Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. this is why I, hate, I like boxing but I hate it at the same time this was not a draw Tyson clearly won this fight he out, he almost doubled the output of Roy Jones Jr. what were your thoughts on this one yeah Mike Tyson won this fight honestly uh, just Roy Jones Jr. Uh, just gassed out as it as it went along, and uh, these are two guys obviously past their primes have been retired. Uh, but like you said, uh, Mike Tyson won this fight. Roy Jones did not necessarily look good either. He's a guy that obviously had plenty of health issues when it came to his retirement. Uh, but yeah, this was this was just a rough look, honestly, for both guys. Not necessarily for both guys because Mike Tyson did look good, uh, but. The, the judging in this fight was, was entirely questionable. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a great look overall. One, that Mike Tyson didn't win this fight outright. And two, that Roy Jones, who is the younger man and has fought more recently, uh, legitimately was gassing out so easily against Mike Tyson. I, and that was in part due to the body shots that Mike Tyson was throwing the whole fight. I, th- I think that, that was the whole strategy. Because I think Tyson knew that a, a smaller, taller, longer guy would beat him in the speed realm. But if Tyson gassed him out, obviously, that, that wouldn't be a factor. So that, that's, this is why people have a tough time watching boxing. Because Tyson clearly won the fight, but he didn't win the fight. So if boxing wants to get any more traction, I think they just got to start making good decisions. <laughs> so news. Let's talk about some news. Uh, what do you got? Well, there's there's a whole lot happening, it seems like, uh, seemingly all at once. First of all, Leon Edwards, Hamzat Shamayev main event is off for the 19th of December. Leon Edwards with a positive test for COVID-19. Apparently, it was a real bad case where he lost 12 pounds in four days and was in real rough shape. So, Leon Edwards, Hamzat Shamayev is off for December 19th. Again, we uh, hope and pray that Leon Edwards is, uh, is okay. He's on the backside of this, and he's recovering. Uh, so uh, we, we hope and pray that he gets back to full health and that uh, we can see this fight at some point. It seems like we've been waiting forever to see Leon Edwards fight, and just another one gets pushed back here. You know, what I'd like to see. Now, this is crazy. They already said, um, what is it? That, what's his face? Kevin Holland will fight. 
uh, Jacare Souza on the 19th, if I'm not mistaken, something like that, or the 12th. I don't remember what it was. I'd like to see Holland Shemaev. I mean, that's not going to happen, but no. that's, the f- that's the fight everybody wants to see. Let's be real here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that would be a great fight. That'd be so entertaining. I mean, two of, two of the MVPs of 2020 squaring off to finish off the year. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't? Let's be real here. Um, Marvin Vittori, well, since we're on that, I don't think we mentioned this on the last episode. Um, Marvin Vittori stepping in for Kevin Holland because Kevin Holland had a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, and then Marvin, uh, Kevin Holland took Jacare Souza. So that's something. Um, Shields, uh, Clarissa Shields, if I'm not I think that's her name. Yeah, Clarissa Shields, uh, probably the best uh, female boxer in the world, uh, is joining the PFL to fight MMA. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. That's very interesting because we've seen boxers going into MMA have mixed results. PFL, obviously, a lower level than what you see in the UFC. But honestly, I think it could be beneficial for both if she can have some success because, one, she moves to MMA and has success going from one sport to another. But also, as the PFL continues to try to grow, that would be a huge story for them and would largely, I think, bleed over into mainstream when you've got such a highly touted and highly successful boxer crossing over and having success. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, Alexia Linnick, Chris Dock is added to the UFC Fight Night card on February 20th. I'll, be, I'll tune into that for sure. Um, I mean, we have um, Colby Covington going at it again, uh, saying that he can beat LeBron James in a boxing match, and half the time Logan Paul beat Nate Robinson in a boxing match. Now, let's be real here. Could that happen? Maybe. I, I think. I think if LeBron figured out how to box and maintain distance, it wouldn't. It'd be a lot longer than that. Would Colby Covington will ultimately, of course, but I don't know. That's just a hypothetical. I'm. I'm tired of hearing Colby Covington these days. What do you have to say? LeBron James is nine inches taller than Colby Covington. I'll leave it at that. I say MMA. If 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 he wants a real chance of beating him, just just take him yeah. to the ground. <laughs> Colby Covington's a wrestler. Colby Covington's a wrestler, and I would say generously, I would give him a ten inch reach disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that is that would not end well for him. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we won't see, but we, we would see. All right. Do you have anything else? Um, this is sort of off the beaten path because it's not necessarily a huge story. But uh, Joaquin Buckley has once again called out James Krause and said um, that the UFC is looking to book him to fight at 257 on, uh, on January 23rd. And that uh, if James Krause isn't available for that date, uh, he will fight anybody from Glory MMA. So uh, there's there's your B for the week. Uh, Joaquin Buckley wants to fight everyone at Glory MMA. Let's see who's on that team. There's a lot of people on that team. Let's let's be honest here. Um, Glory MMA and Fitness Gym. I mean, that's a good team. That's a really yeah, good team. Great. And then you know James Krause is the like like the. the, the god of that team like he he's the reason they're all so good james kraus is fantastic yeah i mean jason witt uh, tim elliott i mean i mean he's obviously not going to fight these people i'm just megan anderson like that's a lot of good people i've just listed in the, and the list just keeps going so yeah, yeah exactly 
but that's all I got. What? Anything else? Uh, well, I, I think we would be remiss if we did not discuss um, the uh, the Russian MMA fight that involved a 529-pound man fighting a 139-pound woman. I feel like we need to at least bring that up. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it up. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I've seen I've seen it. I, I saw the whole I saw the whole thing. It, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, I I've seen I've seen a lot of dumb stuff. I went to an all boys school. I saw a lot of dumb stuff, but that might have been the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like yeah. let's be real here. He could have just grabbed her and just <laughs> suffocated her. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so it was several minutes of a 500 plus pound man flailing at a much smaller woman with punches that did not land, and, and then she she knocked him out. So uh, take that at face value. Uh, I'm hunt, sure hunt, hunt. Anybody listening to this has uh, has has seen this video. It knocked out. Uh, I'm just gonna say that right now because I don't. It was. I think I it was clearly it. staged. I think it was clearly staged. I would. Think. I, I would think. Let, let, let's see what Mark. Let's see what Mark Goddard said. He said, he "This is what race." What'd you say? Or something. He called it a disgrace or a shame yeah, or yeah. something. He, he said, "This is what we're dealing with in 2020. This is what we are fighting against as the parallels and negative connotations." are continually drawn to outsiders and detractors. This is MMA shameful, sickening, abysmal. I think it makes a good point. I think if you don't really watch MMA, this is what pops up in your feed. And, and then, you know, Ben Askren said what the WTF is going on in Russia. Yeah. I mean, no, people aren't, it's, I don't know. It's a shame. I, I wasn't, it was kind of funny to watch, but, uh, let's be honest it was funny to watch but it's yeah. not for people who don't pay attention to mma this is what they this see what yeah that's what, what makes it see. unfortunate that's that's the problem so yeah all right i don't, I don't know what else. i think that's i think that's a good place to wrap it up <laughs> yep, i think it is all right uh to all the non-mma fans out there um i would suggest not taking this video seriously. But anyway, that'll do it for us here. We'll be back to review, to preview uh, Fight Night or Manson vs. Vittori. Um, do you have anything else to add before we leave? Or should we just. I don't. After, after reliving that fight once again, I think we're, uh, we're ready to move on. Yeah, we'll move on. All right. We'll see you guys for uh, preview Fight Night uh, or Manson vs. Vittori.